Hello there, I'm Dee Reddy and welcome to SHOP. On this Inside Intercom mini-series, we're exploring the world of retail and e-commerce, the past, the present and the future. Over four episodes, we're delving into the physical history of the store, how our habits have changed, what's fueling the shift online and how the events of 2020 may inform how we shop, plan and build in the future. Today's episode is part three in the series online and we're taking a look at how the items you see on your screen end up at your front door. It's a common enough theme of the last few months that the few new regular contacts that folks have are the delivery people who are dropping items to them on a daily or weekly basis. But this has been a burgeoning industry long before folks heard of COVID-19. In fact, many companies over the last few years have managed to marry analogue and digital trade to excellent effect. As we've heard in our previous episodes, this intersection between old and new, physical and online, is a really exciting one. It's something that we see across many industries. AI support blending with human support, buying a vinyl record that includes a digital download, or signing up for a subscription while in your favourite coffee shop. We've heard what's fueling this experience for consumers and how their habits have evolved. What about the retailers? What tools are they using and how have they adapted their businesses to these trends? One company with a great understanding of this analog-digital intersection is Vent, the cloud-based point-of-sale and retail management software. So, we chatted to their founder, Vaughan Ferguson, to get his thoughts. Then came about, it was an idea that I had about 10 years ago as I could see kind of the convergence of digital in the analog worlds. And I could see a real big opportunity for retail as an industry to really innovate and make a move to a fully digital platform that enabled retailers to really engage with their customers in new and novel ways. So that's that's kind of where the idea came about. And at the time, uh, the cloud was was pretty new. Uh, There were no real cloud platforms that were being used in retail other other than what you would expect from e-commerce. But what what I'm talking about in retail is like, you know, bricks and mortar retail stores, they were still very much old school. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if we could take the cloud and totally reinvent or reboot the way that a retailer runs their business, um, doing it 100% on the cloud. And so that's where we started 10 years ago. And now we're the market leader in what we do. Fantastic. What a great story. And it's you've kind of touched on it a little bit there, but like obviously when Bend launched as this kind of cloud-based point of sale service with retail management as well, it was obviously something that retailers must have been crying out for. So what were the consumer habits and industry changes that you'd observed that inspired you to begin that journey? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as soon as we launched the product back in 2010, we were flooded with inbound interest, and and it was exactly that. We, you know, the the most common thing we heard from retailers was, "Oh my God, thank God! You know, where have you been? We've been waiting for, <laughs> we've been waiting for something like Vend for years." So that was great validation that what we were doing was 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 wanted. The habits for retailers. So the problem that they were trying to solve, part of it was this new generation of retailers that were coming through that. Uh, were starting their businesses and they were, you know, I guess what you would call digital natives. And so they were expecting to be able to run their business from their smartphones, you know, from the cloud. Um, And so, you know, we solved that problem. So we gave them the flexibility that they could manage their store from anywhere. They could use iPads as their point of sale 
uh, registers, you know, we could uh, help them connect them to their e-commerce stores and so that they can manage their inventory from, from one place. So really, uh, the problem that we were solving was, was running around convenience and minimizing costs and streamlining operations. So that's, that was the first thing that retailers wanted. But then once we've moved them through this fully digital platform, that's when things started to really open up with the possibilities of what they could do. And, and you know, we, we can fast forward 10 years and, and now we're kind of living in this this pretty amazing time. It's pretty challenging, but at the same time, pretty amazing time where digital retail and analog retail has, has been fused together, fused together. And so, you know, what, what we enable retailers to do is that, that they can meet their customers wherever their customers are. So it's no longer about having an online shopping experience or an in-store shopping experience. The reality is customers expect both. And 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 the truly delightful experiences are where it's, it's blended. Like a customer could discover a retailer online, browse their product catalog, but come in store, um, you know, have their wish list of favorite things that they liked online. Uh, you know, touch and feel the products, maybe buy the product in store, maybe even go back home and, and, and purchase at home and have it fulfilled. Uh, fulfilled to them at, at home um, and so that's kind of how you know with COVID that's kind of accelerated that trend that we've that we've obviously been doing and talking about for 10 years but like in the space of you know nine months we've had 10 years of industry acceleration um, and so those retailers that have a fully digital platform you know like Vend are now able to capitalize upon that and, and really meet the demands of, of you know a, a, a rapidly changing landscape of, of how customers are expecting to shop. Yeah, and I think that that's a really important point as well because obviously your customers are the retailers, but it's really important for them if somebody comes in and they want to pay with their phone that they're able to do that and they're able to offer that even if you are a pop-up store. Yeah, absolutely. And the technology is moving pretty quick. So 10 years ago, we didn't have uh, Google Pay or Apple Pay. You know, cash was was, was still king in, in most retail environments. And now we're in this landscape where, where credit and mobile payments... Uh, the norm and the majority of transactions. Retailers are branching out and, and trying to experiment with new formats. So pop-up shops are becoming easier. And it's really interesting. You, you're seeing big brands, big brands starting to get really creative as well. And, and a lot of big online-only brands that you know used to be pure online direct-to-consumer direct are now opening retail stores because A, it's never been easier. Like uh, 10 years ago, it used to probably cost them, you know, $100,000 before they could even start to consider opening a retail store. Now they can just grab an iPad and a location and do a cool fit out and, and, and they're live with a pop-up store. And so you're seeing this massive investment into the brand experience. And that's what retail is all about, right? Retail is about customers falling in love with products. It's not about convenience. The convenience side of retail, you know, players like Amazon and uh, AliExpress and others uh, are winning are winning that. But retail is all about, you know, the, the heart of retail is really about experience. It's about experiencing products, uh, the interpersonal connections you build. You know, we 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 all fall in love with products differently. Um, some people fall in love with products slowly. Some people just need things now and you know fall in love quickly. But it's a very much an analog experience. And even even the world's leading online brands have figured this out as well, is that they need to be able to bridge those worlds between digital and analog and let customers fall in love with and buy products the way that they want to. Yeah, you make such a good point. And it's actually something we touched on in our first episode of this last week, 
where we we kind of pondered the question of what would happen these physical spaces. And one theory that was put forward, which aligns very much with what you're saying, is that they will become these sort of experiential or fulfillment hubs that they'll be almost real time advertising for an online marketplace. So that tallies really well with with what we put out last week. Thank God. <laughs> But just to jump back very, very quickly, if you don't mind, Vaughan, when Vend launched, because one of the things we did also talk about last week was to really understand a new technology that you actually do have to look at the technology that it replaced. So talk me through what sort of toolkit Vend replaced when it actually offered this cloud-based service. Yeah, so it replaced a number of things. So in the first instance, in a lot of cases, it was the clunky cash register, you know, the, the, the lump of metal that would sit on the counter, you know, with a cash drawer, you know, very ugly, has no smarts. In other cases, you know, retailers were already using uh, PCs or computers to run a, you know, run their point of sale. But they were all offline. They weren't connected to anything other than the database on a server in the back office that, uh, you know, that was collecting dust and they never ran backups for. And so that was the first thing that we replaced was bringing those tools online. So, you know, you could use any hardware you wanted or your data was was stored on the cloud. Um, So that was kind of like the the first part. Then um, it's about connecting all the other bits in, in a retailer's life. So solving the inventory problem. So for retailers to know which inventory they have and where inventory needs to be as well. Um, so a retailer could be multiple locations with inventory across multiple stores. Getting a handle on where everything was, you know, how much had been invested in the inventory, what inventory was moving, what inventory wasn't. That's kind of like retail 101. And so uh, because it was all in a digital platform all in one place, that we really dramatically simplified that. And in, and, and in most cases, meant that a retailer didn't need a separate tool to analyze their inventory or manage their inventory. It was all it's all in basically in their in their point of sale. So that's that's the second thing. Then it was kind of like this collection of all these other apps that retailers would use to run their business. So it might be their accounting or it might be their e-commerce store or it might be their customer newsletter or their loyalty program. You know, these are all different tools that retailers, you know, had to manage and bend unified them all together so it meant that your customer record your customer database was synchronized the same customer database across all those platforms it meant your inventory was able to be sold through multiple channels so not only through your different stores I mean if you were having if you had an e-com store you were selling on other channels like social or through marketplaces it was the same inventory you just managed it all from the, the one place and you didn't have to worry about overselling stuff or you know um uh, not you know not having product when a customer wanted it um and then there's all the reporting and analytics so get, pulling it all together so in, in a platform like bend you, you 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 have the richest view possible of your retail business because it's pulling together all of your key data from online through your your in-store transactions and, and who your customers are into one place that enables you to make really clever decisions on a day-to-day basis um so yeah so it, it used to be this hodgepodge of tools that retailers kind of had to duct tape together to try and make their business work. And now it's a platform that that streamlines that and just makes it so simple to do. Yeah, because, and you've touched on this already in, by what you describe as analog retail, but the service that you offer, it's very much at that intersection 
of traditional retail and e-commerce, which is really, really interesting, particularly for what we're discussing in this podcast. So for a, a retailer in 2020, what now, replacing all of that, is the typical process for them using a product like Vent? So yeah, first of all, it's that platform that bridges the the analog experience, which is the in-store and the digital world. So actually getting set up, set up like brass tacks, getting set up on a product like Vend is, is kind of what you would imagine from a Google product or an e-com product or, or even, you know, Intercom itself, you know, you, you see, you can set yourself up, you can load your product catalog and then you're, you're, you're kind of away. Um, and then, you know, obviously we've got folks who can help you with the setup and, and, and make sure that you're getting that all, all right. Uh, and then from a day-to-day point of view, then it's about picking the components that you need to run your business. So the core part of that is obviously the point of sale. That's like, if you don't have a point of sale, then you, you, you're not really functioning as a retailer. Um, and so, you know, we've got an award and winning point of sale. We were the first point of sale that was on iPad. We were the first cloud point of sale. We've been doing this on the cloud for 10 years. So this is that's an area that we're experts at. And then you might be, and this is the thing, so every retailer is on a different journey. They're, they're on a different stage of how, they, how they're growing their business. So for a brand new retailer, getting their product set up in the point of sale on an iPad and, and accepting payments and then, and then that's it. That's kind of like mission accomplished. You know, their, their problem now is like they just want to get customers through the door and buying stuff. But then if you've been in business for um, a little while, you might be hiring staff. And so then it's the staff management security and it's the sales targets and, and sort of like the day-to-day staff management stuff that is important to you. And so Ben simplifies that. And then maybe you graduate that and you're a slightly bigger retailer. You've got quite an extensive product catalog. You're managing inventory. You've got multiple suppliers. You're importing product. Um, and so Ben's deep inventory capability streamlines all that. And and this is also where we use like mobile as a, as, a, as a key tool here to help retailers really streamline their day-to-day operations. So we effectively empower a retailer or, or their or their store staff to um, use their smartphones as smart inventory tools. So they could walk around the store, do product lookups using their smartphone, do inventory counts. Uh, they can do fulfill online orders from from their pocket. Um, and so this, this that streamlining the kind of the, the nuts and bolts of day to day retail management, managing your inventory, and then it goes on. Like then then a retailer might you know feel like they they've got that nailed. Now they really want to understand who their customers are. Like they think they know who their customers are because they see them coming in the store every day, but but they really want to understand who they are and you know the profiles of their customers. And this is kind of like the I always talk about this as as, as one of these underlooked or underinvested parts of retail that most retailers don't get right, which is you know they've they've got, they've come so far. They've opened a store, they've uh, invested in products, they've hired staff. You know, they've run this gauntlet and, and they've been successful and they've, you know, and, and they've had customers buy products. But the the one thing that retailers should do uh, that, that we've seen transform their businesses when they really understand who their customers are and they re-engage with them and they use their profiles of their customers to discover more customers like them. And that's where we see retail businesses really spinning the flywheel um, because, you know, they've, they've got all the other stuff right. And now it's, it's, and actually, as you would know, in this, this day and age, it's becoming more and more, I wouldn't, well, trivial maybe, um, but easier definitely for retailers to engage with customers in, in new and engaging ways. And, and, and then the list goes on. Like the, there's always another challenge in retail. And that's something that, that 
Bend is a platform. We don't profess to know exactly what the challenge is that a retailer is going to face tomorrow. But when they face it, they know that Bend has a, has a tool in its toolkit that helps them solve that problem. It should come as no surprise that in a retail world where analogue meets digital, the retailers are branching out and finding new and exciting ways to engage with their customers. But that by doing so, they're not just engaging, but actively selling their wares too. As argued by Shopify's Lauren Paddleford in our last episode, the power of social media and social commerce in this equation shouldn't be overlooked. And one person who has found innovative ways to use this to her advantage is Sheelan Conlon, founder of The Kind, a zero-waste lifestyle platform offering beautifully designed, sustainable and ethically made goods that are kind to you and kind to the planet. Sheelan's company started out with a small pop-up outlet in Dublin's Fade Street, within a year has grown to include a sizable social media following, as well as a really robust e-commerce business. We chatted to her to get her take on how to best mix traditional retail with online retail. I started my business, The Kind, just over a year ago. Um, I'd actually been living abroad in Singapore for four years and I became a lot more aware of issues surrounding the environment. I saw a lot of devastation due to deforestation and palm oil um, plantations being burnt down. So I became a lot more aware of environmental issues and decided I wanted to kind of do something about those. So I started the business when I came back to Ireland last year. And I wanted to provide people with eco-friendly and sustainable alternatives to everything in their home, from bathroom products to cleaning products. And I've since kind of developed that further now into kind of more self-care items as well. So it really is about being kind to both you and kind to the planet. Brilliant. So given that you've had this huge success then, Sheelan, in marrying traditional bricks and mortar retail with e-commerce, how important is having that balance between the two of them to your business? So actually originally having started with online and having the background in online, I think I was a little bit fed up with just being only online. So having a physical store was, you know, a kind of refreshing as such, you know, to be able to actually speak to people and, you know, meet your customers and see what items that they picked up, what they were interested in. So that kind of gave me a lot of insights. But then obviously with COVID happening and businesses having to revert back to online, I had to re-shift my focus again and try and find ways of still engaging and speaking with customers in a personal way as I had done with the bricks and mortar and bring that back online again. So I've been quite lucky, I think, to have kind of come around full circle again and online now for the last you know, few months has just been growing quite steadily and especially in the run up to Christmas now. So let's talk a little bit about how you do go about offering those personalized experiences, even though you're online. How important is social commerce or social media to what you do? And what, what are some ways that are maybe a bit innovative or interesting that you're doing that people might be interested to hear about? So I think um, Instagram has become, you know, a, a massive platform really in terms of being able to engage with customers, especially in terms of uh, video. So I think there was initially with brands, there was a big element around, you know, personalization, whereas now I think things are moving towards being personal. So Instagram, I think, offers an opportunity to be able to actually be personal and put yourself out there 
be the face of the brand and for people to really buy into you as a person do they align with your values so I've been able to speak directly to customers. I've been using the platform uh, to do a lot of video. Um, I've also been offering, you know, personalized uh, shopping experiences as well for customers. If they're unsure of what they want to buy for gifts for a friend or their mother or a child, I've been offering free video consultations as well where I can show them around the store and, you know, give them recommendations on the kind of items that might be suitable within their budget. That's brilliant. So you mentioned um, earlier, Sheila, in your background in digital marketing. Were there any consumer trends that you'd observed over the, you know, over the last decade or so working in that sphere that, that really inspired your business model? I think um, personalization has been, you know, kind of a growing trend for brands. And now there is a big movement towards that more kind of personal approach. But kind of in the bigger picture as well, especially with my business, there was a growing trend towards, I guess, accountability from bigger corporations. People are a lot more aware of environmental issues. Single use was introduced into Collins Dictionary as you know a new word for 2018. We've seen the David Attenborough effect and so forth. So I think customers were really starting to ask questions about you know, where products have been made. Are they eco-friendly? Are they natural? You know, is there palm oil in those ingredients and things like that? So I think I was quite lucky to be, you know, in the, the just at the cusp of the right time for where awareness for environmental issues is very, very high. And I think customers are really demanding that now uh, from corporations as well. Of course, not every brand feels the need to root their business in a traditional store. In fact, their entire business model might be that they offer something completely different and completely new. Take Mixtiles. Their business model is built around a simple premise, that they wanted to redefine the way we print and hang photos in our homes, our classrooms and our offices. We spoke to their customer operations leader, Ori Singer. As he explains, even a fully online business can offer personalised and localised experiences. Mixtel's mission is to create outstanding products that help you create a home you love. We consider an outstanding product as a product that is much easier to use, beautiful and affordable. And right now, our main lines of products are the tiles. So basically, uh, it's a product that allows you to take photos that you, that you took and, and basically get them as, as tiles that you could easily put on your wall without having to use any nails or anything like that. So super, super easy kind of frictionless experience. But we also now actually are in the process of, of launching our um, some other products, including, for example, our art, Mixtiles art product, which means that we, we now have available online also kind of an art store where we collaborate with many, many really cool artists around the world. And there you can basically also buy like real art and, uh, and also you know, use that to decorate your walls uh, in the same like, really easy and, and uh, affordable way. And down the road, we're looking into potentially expanding to other product lines uh, down the road. Not, not maybe not necessarily like wall decor products, but these are just things we are we are thinking about still. That's very cool, and I'd I'd love to hear more about the 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 collaborations that you're doing with artists in a couple of minutes. But to bring it back just to the kind of the core product or the original product that Mixed Tiles offered, I mean, you've had huge success in taking what's 
quite a simple consumer need, I guess, just, you know, wanting to hang a nice photograph on your wall. And you have managed to create a product that does this to a worldwide audience, but replaces a lot of other things. So they no longer need to go to a specialist photo printer to get a nice standard of print then they don't have to go to a homeware store to to buy a frame or hanging materials or indeed professional mounting services which can also be quite expensive and i know you've also always offered free shipping around the world so can can we talk a little bit about you know where maybe itan and david originally saw that need and how they came up with the product itself yeah i mean i think you kind of nailed it right it's um I think when, when you know when David and Aiden started this company, they both liked the photography uh, kind of world, and you know also they both really appreciate the kind of being able to decorate your house and the lifestyle you can get from from a really cool house and, and really nice walls in your house. You know they see a lot of value in it, and I think uh, I think you know that's probably where the kind of idea started. You know how, how do we how do we help people really create amazing homes, a much much better experience. So yeah, I think that's where it started. And like you said, it's really, it really kind of exploded since then. Uh, we are we're really growing amazingly fast. And I think we're basically aiming to become the largest wall decor company in the world in, in, over the next few years. So, you know, a lot of the people that we're speaking to for this podcast maybe offer a mix of e-commerce and more traditional retail. But yours is a fully e-commerce or online business. What sort of trends have you or your team observed in consumers or customers over the past 10 years or so that maybe convinced you that that was the path to take? Well, I, I think the, the, you know, the obvious trend is, is the online trend, right? A lot of people going uh, to do almost everything online, preferring to do it online. So that's obviously one thing. I think we've seen also the, the mobile trend, right? Like a lot of people are, are using their mobile phones to do almost everything today, including shopping. I think, too, people are, in general, consumers, you know, one of the trends we also see is, is that people are looking, you know, for everything to be fast, right? Like, they're looking for a super fast uh, shipping and super fast um, customer service, which is, again, the teams that I'm leading. I think, you know, some other trends we've seen, we also incorporated in our business model is that it's also kind of in my team, the customer service team, is that people are also very, very vocal and social. Uh, for better and for worse, right? Like people, when they're not happy, they, they go to social. When they are happy, they also go to social often. Specifically with, with Nick Styles, we actually have a ton of customers that are raving about our service on, over social, which which for us is really great. It creates that, that, that K factor that helps us obviously spread the good word. Yeah, so how important is that kind of social commerce side of things or social media side of things? Because I'd imagine, you know, obviously for, aside from the stuff that you might put out yourselves, there's a certain amount of evangelizing that you get from customers when they're really, really happy with that customer support experience. They're really happy with the product itself and they want to share it with people once they've actually hung it on their wall. Yeah, like I said, customers are, uh, you know, today like to be vocal. Yeah, I mean, first of all, we, we see a lot of customers that are like just sharing, you know, the how their wall look like after they, they got their big styles and um, quote unquote showing off the, their travel war, uh, wall or their, you know, the family wall and a lot of cool stuff that they're doing with big styles. Often we get customers that are like just super appreciative of our customer service when we, you know, when we help someone through a maybe not such a great experience. And they felt like they, uh, this was a really good experience. They will go online and share it. And, and yeah, and sometimes people will also, of course, reach out to us about issues they, they've seen over social sometimes as well, which we, we always try to, to answer also very promptly. Um, you know, following our, our general, like, very high standards of customer service. 
So yeah, social social is big, and again, the 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 impact is also is also significant. We think that you know the, this again the social side of it has that kind of K factor and, and impact that that drives that virality around the products and service. Um, so it's something we definitely uh, we definitely invest in a lot. So the artists that you mentioned that you're collaborating with. Would you yourselves have a big social campaign around that, around supporting those artists and sharing their work with people? Yeah, we do. By the way, we do use social, by the way, a lot to also for our marketing needs. Today, we feel like a lot of our potential customers are in Facebook, are in Instagram, in all those platforms. Um, we, we feel like it's a really good way to reach them. And what's interesting is also that we, we often also use social to, to connect with artists as we are, like I said, it's a new product and we are in the process of growing our pool of artists that we work with. One of the cool things we, we also do is that we find artists that are popular over social media and we even sometimes directly through whether it's Instagram or, or Facebook or other platforms, reach out to them directly and, and, and kind of starting those connections there. You know, often we will then uh, bring it to, to an offline channel, but, but often we will, we will reach out through, through those channels directly and, and develop that relationship. It's definitely a you know, significant channel for us. One of our goals is to, besides the fact that we want to we build the best art online store in the world, we also want to make sure that it's a really, really, really good place for artists to, to kind of work in. And part of our kind of goals here uh, is, is to, to make it really worth, worth their while. And, you know, besides the fact that, of course, you know, by us kind of partnering with them, we, we're going to get their kind of followers to use our, our website, of course. But also, I think we, you know, I think one of the big benefits for, for artists to work to working with us is that we're going to, through our, you know, already very big network, going to bring uh, for them a much, you know, like a huge, huge uh, exposure, basically, and, and many, many more potential followers and customers. Uh, that would enjoy enjoy their art. It's interesting to me that whether a store is fully online or has a physical space, they're still driven to build a community around their offering. Sheelan engages with folks around the country who crave a particular sustainable lifestyle and want to know how to achieve it conveniently. Likewise, Mixstyle have found that their collaborations with artists create a natural community of fans and creatives alike. So, the e-commerce landscape has room for every type of business and its associated community, whether operating globally or locally. But we wanted to understand the logistics of all this. What are the tools that they're using? Who are the companies that are reshaping that landscape and creating a new online infrastructure for retailers? Here's Vaughan again. It is a tech stack. It's a, it's a stack of tools. And so, there's obviously the, the store operations platform, and that's you know, something like Venn that runs the, 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 the key parts of the lifeblood of your business, which is like your sales, you know, processing sales, managing your inventory, managing your staff, getting your insights to help you steer your business and grow. Um, so that's like critical. And that's, you know, a digital platform like Vend streamlines all of your day-to-day store operations. And then it's picking your digital channels, right? So your e-commerce platform, and there's never been more choice in e-commerce platforms today. And Bend has deep e-commerce capabilities out of the box. But we think it's important to let retailers choose which platforms they want to use. So they may have already had an investment in a particular e-commerce platform or, you know, different e-commerce platforms offer offer different things. And so, you know, we let retailers pick the best online e-commerce platform for them. And then Bend deeply integrates with it so that their inventory customers, sales, everything is all their reporting is, is all is all unified. So that's kind of like 
the analog experience of the of the of the store operations the digital side e-commerce and then like i was saying before it's the part that gets overlooked is the customer engagement piece it's like how how do you want to talk to your customers so you could be passive about it and just wait for customers to turn up and then have conversations or you could engage with them and again there's never been more ways for you to talk to a customer which can be overwhelming it can make things really confusing but you need to make sure that you have something that that is relevant that, that you want to say to your customer first of all you might choose to do that through an email newsletter or through social it's lots of different ways for you to have those conversations or there's having tailored conversations to who your customer is so instead of sending your blanket comms and your blanket newsletter out to customers why not send customized communications that talk to who your customer is and the things that they're interested in? And, that, and that's a space that, you know, has been really confusing and complicated to do, but now tools have never made it easier for you to segment your customers, understand who your customers are, and, and talk to them in new and engaging ways. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of an emerging area of retail. We're starting to see the savvy retailers really investing in, in that customer engagement piece. And the other three bits, you know, it's like being able to manage your operations, your inventory and your staff and your products, you know, sort of all the nuts and bolts of your retail, having a great tool to do that. Having digital channels for you to sell online as well as your in-store stuff. And then having solid customer marketing and customer experience tools that enable you to find new customers and re-engage with them. As Vaughn says, understanding your customers' desires and needs and how to meet them wherever they happen to be is key to successful retail in 2020. The tools now exist to do this, whether online or in-store and in-person. Here's Sheelan again talking about the tools that she uses. So everything at the moment is really run through Shopify. So um, my website is using Shopify. That also manages my inventory. And I'm also using Shopify point of sale as well. So I'm definitely very much wrapped up in the Shopify ecosystem and it's working out great, especially for a small business like mine. That's great because we actually had Lauren from Shopify on the last episode of this. So I'm sure he would be delighted yeah. to hear that. So can you then talk us through like what, what would be a typical sales cycle from procurement on your side to like sourcing a product to delivery at a customer's door after they've seen it online? So I do spend quite a long time, you know, looking to identify new products and find, you know, different makers around the country to sort of bring on board and offer something a little bit different. So I love to be able to kind of support those local craftspeople and makers. So once I identify those products and then somebody would either see you know, those products advertised on Instagram. So I am using, you know, Instagram and Facebook ads. I'm also using Google Google advertising. So that might be some of the ways that people would find me through paid advertising or else it could be organically. It could be something that I'm talking about or something that, you know, could be maybe advertised or talked about on one of the newspapers or it's been great as well with the whole support local aspect. A lot of influencers in Ireland as well have been highlighting places to shop and I've been lucky enough to be considered as part of some of those gift guides as well for Christmas. So then after that, I suppose the customer would come either back to my Instagram or directly to my website itself and place the order. And then when I receive it here, I essentially just package it up and make sure that it's got enough packing material. That's one thing that is a challenge with 
online fulfillment and having a lot of non-plastic products. A lot of them can be in glass or they're quite breakable. So I just package them up and then I use a courier service to get them out and the courier service is actually next day delivery. So that's fantastic. And looking to the future then for your actual physical store, where would you see that sitting within your business model? Do you see it as being like a a real-time ad for your online business, more of a fulfillment hub where people can kind of click and collect, or will it actually be a really important part of the walk, you know, will the walk-in trade still serve a really important part of your business for you? I do hope that the walk-in trade will still be a big part of the business because I think it's there's nothing better than being able to, you know, actually speak to customers, you know, in real time and, you know, have those interactions face to face. It is also an easier fulfillment process as well than, you know, having to, as I said, package something up and make sure that it's going to arrive to a customer, you know, kind of if they've ordered online. Click and collect has been really huge and I think that's going to continue to grow, especially for Christmas. You know, I'm not too sure like how when we reopen, you know, how many people will be trying to come in at one time. But obviously with restrictions due to COVID, click and collect would probably still be the easiest option for customers. So I think that will continue to be a big factor for me as well. Christmas started just literally at the end of October this year. You know, I wasn't necessarily expecting people to be quite so organized with Christmas, but I think uh, people are very aware of, you know, maybe potential delays with the postal system or products kind of running out of stock or maybe not being able to get back into town, you know, at all before Christmas. So online has been, you know, being very, very busy in that in that regard. And people have been really trying to get their orders in quite quickly. It makes sense. And I suppose click and collect as well is is quite sustainable when you think of it. Exactly. Yes. It's probably the easiest way actually of uh, delivering an item to a customer because it obviously eliminates the delivery van and the delivery driver. Hopefully people maybe live kind of close by to town and it's just, it's a really quick and easy way of kind of fulfilling an order and, and also getting to meet the customer as well. Are there any special products or experiences that you're offering people in the holiday period? I think I will continue to try and offer as much of an insight into the shop, you know, kind of virtually as possible. So I'll still continue to do video content and, you know, like Instagram stories and things like that to give people an insight into the products that are available and try and help them, I suppose, with gift guides for if they're looking to buy for, you know, someone maybe like a yoga lover. You know, we've got lovely items such as upcycled yoga mats or yoga incense, etc. So I'll try and help people as much as possible to identify, you know, the right type of gifts for the people that they're buying virtually as well as obviously if they can come in store as well. Being fully online doesn't mean being less present with your customers. Ari from Mixtiles explains how they deliver excellent customer experiences and what they're using to achieve it. So on, on the customer service side, we are using, like you said, we're using Intercom as, as our like, ticketing system. And then we also use, we use a product called Afugata to manage all of our social media support and following. It's basically a product that monitors social media um, almost any any available platform out there and knows how to like flag and bring to our team any conversation or any thread where mixed styles has been mentioned or or even like you know you can even follow competitors and things like that whatever you find interesting 
and is relevant to your business. And also through that platform, we, our agents are able to, uh, to respond to customers. So that's the Fogata. We use Guru to manage our organizational uh, knowledge. We use a product called Lessonly to manage learning and, and training. And we use Klaus to manage our QA operations. And then we have some kind of in-house proprietary tools that we've built to manage, um, you know, like uh, as our kind of CRM where, where our agents can see like all the details about the orders, track packages, and et cetera, et cetera. Sounds like a very robust tech stack. So then, you know, with all of these things, can you talk us through what a typical sales cycle from procurement to delivery and how that might look for just your everyday average customer? So uh, I guess the, the typical the typical cycle would be that uh, the customer would see an ad on social often. It can also be in an email campaign. They see it, they like it, they click it, and they reach to our website or, or to the app. There they, they would go through the ordering process where they, you know, obviously upload the pictures, choose the, the frames, the styles. Often they, or sometimes they would like contact us to ask questions or maybe consult with, with one of our one of our experts and then they place the order and after a few days they, they get their amazing mix styles to their uh, to their door. So tell me, Ori, just one last question for you before I let you go. For companies like yours, with everything that's happened this year and looking to the future as well for e-commerce, what would your prediction be for how things are going to pan out, you know, initially in the holiday period 2020, but beyond that as well? I guess my prediction is that more and more lines of businesses will be disrupted by companies that will focus uh, on a much better experience and product, you know, like mixed styles and, and, and the world of, of decorating your walls. I think that consumers today are, are getting much more sophisticated and their, their kind of demands and requirements from shopping and shopping, especially spot shopping online, are, are really high. And only companies with like really great products and services will be, will be able to be successful there. So what does this all mean for the future of retail? As we heard last week, the changing consumer habits of the past decade or so have seen huge shifts in the retail sector as a whole. And the acceleration of these changing dynamics over the last nine months will likely leave a lasting impression on how we trade. Sheelan believes that those more recent changes have opened the shop door to e-commerce customers that might previously have just walked on by. I still see online as kind of continuing to grow. I think, you know, more than ever now, I think people are more familiar now with ordering online. A lot of people who wouldn't have used online so much before are now more comfortable in doing that. And I think people can sort of see the ease as well as doing things like, you know, click and collect. So I do think that online will be the real leader as opposed to just having the physical store. So certainly from my perspective, I'm going to be looking at growing the online side of the business, which has been growing from strength to strength over the last few months for me. People love convenience and they love personalized experiences. So mixing that traditional retail model with an easy to use e-commerce platform just makes sense. The ultimate retail tech stack combined with a warm and engaging buyer experience means businesses are able to offer something that's maybe evaded them over the past few decades where speed and convenience once ruled. With more focus on sustainable, delightful and meaningful shopping experiences, the future for retailers looks bright. I mean, I'm always of the philosophy is that the best predictions are ones that that you make come true yourselves. And, and, you know, we're really passionate about retail and what we think retail could look like. 
And actually, I, th- I think in, in the future, retail is going to look more like it did in the past, if that makes sense. It's like, you know, we, we're going to start going back to the golden age of retail where it's all about the customer experience. You know, it's about, you know, getting customers in the store, delighting them, uh, knowing customers by their name. You know, I think we, the trend's going to move away from fast retail. Like, the speed is important, and I'm not saying that retail is going to slow down, but, you know, it's going to be less about convenience, more about experience. It's going to be creating interesting ways for customers to connect with you as a brand and connect with your products and buy from you in the ways that they prefer. And what we're seeing in the data and in the trends in in retail, you know, COVID was the perfect example, perfect opportunity for once and for all for e-commerce to prove to the world that it was going to be the future of retail. And e-commerce is absolutely in the future of retail. But despite COVID, despite the lockdowns, despite all of that, as soon as stores open again, customers rush back into stores because we're analog people. We love the physical experiences. And the smart retailers are the ones who have figured that out. It's a blend. It's like, how do they use digital tools to create these amazing experiences that connect customers with products? And so the technology is going to become more and more invisible, but the delightful experiences are going to be more in your face. Thanks for joining us for episode three of Shop, our four-part series looking at the retail and e-commerce landscape. We'll be back next week with our final episode, Present, where we'll find out how the way we're buying our holiday presents and gifts in the present day will shape e-commerce for years to come. We hope you'll join us.